Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, it's Jackie Cation And you are listening to The Dork Forest The website's JackieCation.com DorkForest.com TheDorkForest.com if you like a determiner Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video. Vilmos works on JackieCation.com. And Mike Rickberg uh, sang the song with his wife, Sarah. He composed it, and he will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening to The Dorks Forest. Here's a scoop. I'm doing stand-up online. A lot of Zoom shows will eventually go back on the road. Sign up for my email list. It's easy to get off. It's harder to get on than it is to get off. And no harm, no foul, if ever bored. JackieCasia.com. Sign up for the email list. You'll find out about my weekly Zoom shows and stand-up on the road eventually. You may donate to the show if you would like. I would like. Sure, I would. There's PayPal, Jackie at JackieCation.com, and there is a PayPal button on both DorkForest.com and JackieCation.com, and there's Venmo, if you like Venmo, Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. If you have listened to all of the shows, go to DorkForest.BandCamp.com, I think. The Dork Forest has a Bandcamp page. You can listen to a, but a lot of ones that are free from pre 2000 nine when I started pre-recording and uh, then there's a live episodes that cost me a couple of bucks. So I charge you a couple of bucks. There's also some stand up. There's a story uh, album. That's very exciting there. And um, other than that, I have a lot of merch in my garage. Feel free to order if you know anybody who doesn't have any CDs or the DVD. And uh, you can follow me everywhere at Jackie Cation. Let's get into the show. Hi, Jackie Cation here in my garage. That's right, I said it right this time. Hello, Rangers. Welcome to the Dork Forest. I have a guest, and his name is Matthew Chardon. And Matthew Chardon, I have been on your podcast six months later, and um, it was super fun because we did it, and then we did it again six months later. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Weird, awesome, hilarious. I forgot entirely about it. Did not know what... (laughs) And then you were like, you wanted to do these things. Did any of those things happen? <laughs> and who wants a podcast about accountability? Turns out people do. People really, they do. Welcome they do. to the Dark Forest. Thank you. Hi, hi, Jackie. It's good to I'm see still, you again. I'm still talking. Still talking. And okay, uh, me. I would the it. And then you also have another one about saints, Catholic saints. Yeah, so Catholic Saints, it's a, f- a friend of mine, Anna Domini. She's a, a fellow comedian and a theologian, and uh, we're both atheists, and we talk about the obs- the strange lives of obscure saints um, in kind of an strange examination. Strange lives of-, of obscure saints. I feel like that would be a book that would be sitting on a table in a, in a bookstore in Galway. Yeah. Um, just say, wouldn't you want to read this? And I would, but then I would never read it. So I'm excited that you guys do the research on obscure saints and have a podcast called Saint Misbehaven. Yeah. That's an awesome name. Matthew, uh, if if everyone goes to qedcomedylab.com, they can find your stand-up, they can find the podcast, they can find everything, right? 
Yes. Yeah. They can find shows that I produce and podcasts that I make and all kinds of stuff. So, and I will put that in the notes, Rangers. So know that in your heart. Um, Welcome to the program and let us dork out about something I've heard of, but I don't know what the heck it is. It seems to be a pile of DVDs. What is it? (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, (laughs) Blu-rays, I like to think of it as a pile of Blu-rays as well. Um, It's a higher definition format. It's funny because actually when you were on my podcast, uh, you were talking about how your brother, I think it was your brother, Russ, uh, was obsessed with Lifetime movies. Mm-hmm. And he had a spreadsheet of like over 150. And in my head, I was like, my my movie spreadsheet has like a thousand movies on it. There's way more <laughs> movies than that. <laughs> and then and I was like, oh, I were Hallmark. His were Hallmark movies. Hallmark movies, yeah. And and but, some of the categories were uh, directors, what country they're from, and what the box office was or the uh, the Nielsen ratings. So what yeah. is in your spreadsheet? So my spreadsheet is, so um, I, it, it made me think about the Criterion Collection, which is a collection of DVDs and Blu-rays. There's over a thousand of them now. And at some point, my collection became so unwieldy that the only way to make sure that I wasn't accidentally buying the same one twice sure, uh, sure. was to form a spreadsheet and like get in. The, and so only once have I accidentally bought the same one twice. What uh, was that? Was it? Uh, Rebecca by um, yes. uh, Alfred Hitchcock. So, sure, sure. Good it's good to have doubles. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so nice for loaning out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, so the Criterion Collection is it's um it started in the in the 80s. It is uh it started as uh they made um laser discs. Remember laser oh, discs? Okay, yeah. So it's like it's like a DVD for anybody under 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh the they're a DVD that was as big as a record. And you had to flip it over in order to watch a whole movie. Right. It was um, almost like reels. It was like reel to reel where the first half would be on the one side and then you'd flip it over. And and the quality was amazing, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the Criterion Collection, they made these blue, they made um, laser discs. And one of the things that they did is they kind of pioneered the idea of like having a really nice print on the laser disc, like cleaning up movies, like. Um, they also pioneered things like letterboxing, which is the idea, like, have you ever seen a movie oh. in the full, um, yeah. full screen where there's like black bars on either side? Uh, so who they kind of, yeah. Who started the Criterion Collection? Oh, who started it? I forgot their name. Okay. Oh, well, no worries. <laughs> but, that because, well, that's amazing. Cause you know, like, uh, when you say letter, when you say letterbox, cause usually when they, they cut a movie down to watch it on a square television, yeah. So there would be kind of a pan and scan and you'd yeah. get to see most of the movie, but you'd miss the original shot. So letterbox just tinyizes it, just makes it smaller and then puts a bar above and below. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like now with modern televisions, they're all that size. Like, but people forget that, you know, like old, old cathode ray tube televisions were all square. Right. You know, so it was like the only game in town, but now all TVs look like movie screens. But they also, um, they saw the technology and they were like, oh, we can do things like uh, different audio tracks. We can do director commentaries. We can do uh, different angles, different this and that. So uh, they started doing what? Extras? Extras, yeah. DVD extras, all that kind of stuff. They kind of pioneered that and they came up with that idea uh, and they, they made it really good and they made like a very nice package. And so when that format died in the 90s, they picked up uh, DVDs. And so they made these DVDs, they have this DVD collection. They started uh, 
putting them out in the 90s and just like loading them up with special features. And every uh, every DVD has an essay in it that's been written by a film scholar or somebody you know who has a lot of knowledge on the film. And sometimes there's a booklet with all kinds of information in it. I'll kind of get into some of the other things right. uh, that come in them. But they so they just make these really nicely packaged uh, DVDs and Blu-rays now of like what is... And so what they put on there is just kind of the best of world cinema. So they will have movies from, uh, they'll have French New Wave or Italian Neorealism or like samurai films from Japan or just like classic Hollywood films or kind of modern independent films. It's kind of a hodgepodge of a bunch of different things. And the only real criteria, so to speak, <laughs> the criteria so mm-hmm. is that it is a really good movie. And and that has lots of different definitions. So there's lots of diversity. So in many that. definitions. Who, what committee, who determines that? I, I honestly don't know. It's kind of a black box as far as I know. Uh, I'm just kind of excited every time. So like once a month on the 15th, and I kind of like wait for the 15th and I constantly refresh their website. They announce with the new slate of films. They release about four or five every month. Wow. And so on the 15th, they'll say like, these are the films coming out in three months. You could pre-order. And often it's just like, it's often like something amazing. Like last month they announced that they're finally putting out Citizen Kane, which was kind of a big deal. Um, But then they'll also put out like a million, like a bunch of movies that I've never even heard of, not even, hadn't even begun to hear of. Like it's this obscure, like um, independent film. Like there's a film made by Bill Duke, who uh, is kind of most famous for playing a lot of like heavies in the nineties. Like he's in Predator. Yeah, you know he's, he's and <laughs> and he made a movie with Lawrence Fishburne in the '90s, like a crime film, and I was like, I'd watch that. That sounds amazing. Like, yeah, you know, I'd never heard of it before, and that's kind of the beauty of the Criterion Collection is that as I've gone through it, like I've found so many films that I never would have probably found otherwise, and so many films that are like my favorites films. Uh, and and, th- and there's no you have to have won an Oscar. To, there's no. no Oh, I have helicopters, so we could look forward oh, okay. to that. And um, live between two airports, a couple of hospitals, and in a mm. crime zone. But other than that, uh, so but so there's the Criterion Collection. Isn't just like is you could always get Citizen Kane on DVD, right? This is yeah. something else. This is something so this, more curated, I guess. Yeah. So this is kind of more curated. And, and you're right. There are movies in there that like you could have always gotten on DVDs. There's several Hitchcock films, which, you know, are always in print and um, Kurosawa and, and big directors. But what they do is they like and they do two things that that really sets them apart and like makes them very collectible. One is that they put an amazing amount of work into the design of the packaging of the DVDs. Okay. Um and so, like, they're just beautiful on their own, yeah. the packaging. Uh, and so that's always really nice. And then the other thing is that they put a lot of effort into, like, making sure the prints are really good. They do a lot of work with, like, translation, which is really good. Like, they will, like, the subtitles, because a lot of these are foreign films. Right. And they'll make sure that the subtitles are really good, which you can see. I actually had an experience where I went to the, I live in, the UK and I went to the okay. British Film Institute to watch Tokyo Story, which is a Kuro, Kuro Ozu film. And it's a film I really liked. And then their print was really old 
and the subtitles on it were garbage. I was like, what the hell is going on with these subtitles? I was like, so outraged. I was like, I wanted to see it on the big screen. And then it was like this terrible print and the subtitles were garbage. And I was like, I have a Blu-ray of at home of this from the Criterion Collection, which is so much nicer. Right. Um, Why did they? Yeah. I don't know. It's so silly. But anyways, but so like, yeah, they do stuff like that. Like, and then the other thing they do that that's really kind of diabolical is they've numbered the spine of every one. So okay. if you're, if you have a kind of obsessive personality, you're like, yeah. damn it, they, I need all the numbers now. I'm missing number 11 or number 300 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because I, I, yeah, I, I have a, probably 100 DVDs. Right. And I would like really good versions of those. Mm-hmm. Would that be, could I essentially research and see like are the Indiana Jones movies, and I am a simple woman of the people. Yeah. So are the Indiana Jones movies available as Criterion? No. So like, yeah. So the, the Criterion is like, it's kind of like the best movies that they can get is kind of more, would be oh. more like, so it's like whatever that they'll go to studios and they'll be like, you know, here is an obscure film, you know, let's make a deal. Let's, let's, let's get a good print of this. Like we'll help, we'll pay, I'll pay to restore this. Yeah. And then we'll put out this edition, you know, so like some big movies are on there, like Silence of the Lambs is on there. Robocop's on there. Mm -hmm. Um, This is upsetting, but Armageddon's on there for some reason that I've never figured out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Rock is also on there. Is that the Bruce Willis Rock movie? Like the asteroid? That's the asteroid movie. Yeah, it's it's, oh so bad. It is so bad. It is. It's amazing. Yeah, um, uh, they do have The Rock on there, which is another Michael Bay movie. And I would argue is like his only good movie. It doesn't matter. But like, okay. yeah, but <laughs> but there's sometimes there's really big movies on there. Um, they put, you know, and recent films, they put out Parasite. They put out a nice edition of Parasite recently, uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which were all from 2019. You know, some other uh, modern things. I have a question. Yeah. Um, in your spreadsheet, do you have a, a, a column that uh, describes what kind of film it is, whether it's drama or comedy or foreign or independent or any of that? No, no. I'm, I'm mostly I'm just tracking like whether I have it and then uh, whether I have it in DVD or Blu-ray. Okay. When it's available in Blu-ray, whether I have it in Blu-ray and, you know. Or, because or what DVD. if you want to sort what if you are you just sorting by by number? Or are you sorting by title? Oh yeah, I guess if I, yeah. I mean, if I wanted to search through things, I just have to kind of like scroll through. I don't really. It's not really the only thing that I really track on there. Also, is the year that it comes out, and okay. I've made some fascinating bar graphs. What I think are fascinating bar graphs about the distribution of the the years. So most of the, sure. the single year with the most films from the Criterion Collection is nineteen sixty two. And I've still tried to figure out what what to make of that. <laughs> right, so. right. Can you tell me, like, what movies came out in 1962? That is weird. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, um, oh, wait, let's. Because uh, that, know. that I mean, 62 does, I mean, it's not like 1939, which is famously one of the greatest years for cinema. Yeah. Um, wait, why won't this work? 1962. There we go. Let's see. Um, no, I want that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, because no, I also want you to like if you could 
There are, there are movies that I would like to own sort of a cleaned up version. There's no uh-huh. reason why LA story should be one of them, but it is in my head. Yeah. So no, LA stories on there. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to explain. Like, cause they're, they're, you know, there are things, I don't know. It's just very obscure stuff. So like, I don't know, 62, the great escape. Um, okay. uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything here. Jules and Jim, Hari Kiri, uh, Sanjiro, which is a great Kurosawa film, Carnival of Souls, Cleo from five to seven, uh, Winter Light, which is a great Ingmar Bergman film. So there's just a lot of good stuff in here. There's stuff in here from Bergman, Polanski, not the best example, but you know, <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, so there's like, yeah, there's just, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it was about that year. I still haven't quite figured out. I've still haven't cracked it. Why that's the one year that's got the most films, but right, um, there's some quality stuff on there because it feels random. But those are quality films. They're they're yeah. famousy, so they clean them up, which means that they get the the original print. Yeah, well, they'll often yeah try to get original film elements and the ones that they. You know, if they can't, they'll like, they'll take whatever the best one they can get and they'll clean it up digitally. They'll put a lot of work into it. They'll work with like UCL, UCLA, like film um, labs and and the um, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and all these different uh, organizations, uh, both in the U.S. and around the world. And they'll, you know, they'll they'll kind of go have these on these uh, prints and, and new things. Like one of the things they did is they, the Criterion Collection was like number 12 is Silence of the Lambs. I think it's like okay. number 12. Uh, but a couple of years ago, they released a new edition, which was a, like the 25th anniversary of Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, a new print was struck and like it, it, you could go and see it in theaters and things. Uh, probably in L.A. It was here and it played in London and places. But um, yeah, so they, wow. they put out a new edition of it, which is something else they do, which. Right, but and then if you were to have both of them, you would then have doubles. I would have doubles, yeah. But so, um, <coughs> apologies. I wonder about that. Um, so yeah, but um, but yeah, they have just like it's people call it like film school in a box. It is like if you watch it, you'll see kind of the best that uh, the world cinema has to offer. Um, and yeah, and it's it's been. It's, is it all? Is there any? Um, this is just gratuitous question right here. Is there any porn? Yeah. There is? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple oh of them. <laughs> what? There are a couple that are just kind of straight up pornographic films. Um, there are some Japanese uh, films, uh, Empire of uh, Desire, I think this is what it's called. Sure. Um, and there's another one. And they're just like, they they're... Yeah, they're just kind of hardcore porn, but they're also like artistically done. That's it's a it's a strange thing. There there it's are a, things in a, there that it's are. It's a weird Venn diagram to try to find that in the criteria. Yeah. I was, I mean, that's a movie that I've seen, and I like ha- I read the essay on it, and I was just like, and it was like this is actually a metaphor for um, the rise of uh, in, like <laughs> uh, fascism in Japan or like mater- mer- mil- uh, militarism. <laughs> in japan and i'm just like really because that lady just that dude just came in the lady's mouth and i'm like mm. 
I don't really, I'm missing yeah. the metaphor. Oh my God. Okay. It's, it's the study. Yes. If we could watch it frame by frame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, one of the, but when they clean up a video and the reason I ask is uh, uh, I asked about LA story, LA story, hilariously, it's in my head. I must, there must've been a bad, must've been a weird year that I saw the VHS tape of LA story and uh. noticed at, at when I was, uh, I must've paused the frame right when there was a free nipple. It was oh, like really? an exposed nipple of some woman. And I was like, what is this? And so then I love the movie. The movie itself is very silly and very funny for me. Right. So I own the DVD. But when I got movie. the DVD, the first thing I did was fast forward it. And I was like, did they, did they clean that up in the DVD? They, they cover that up? No, they did not. Free nipple. Free nipple, yeah. you guys. Live it up. It's part of the original, you know, part of the film. You can't, you can't take it out. Yeah. Right, right. Are there are there in the criteria like is there there's horribly racist uh movies as well. Have they yeah. have they chosen to clean up any of the you know the Sissel <laughs> B. DeMille? Uh, yeah, I don't think they've I think they've made a decision not to include the horribly racist ones. I think that oh, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> like the <laughs> The birth of a nation. There, there are occasionally things that pop up, and you're like, "Oh, that didn't age well." But you know, <laughs> some of the films are quite old. Uh, right. But they, you know, like the birth of a nation kind of film, which is like, I don't know. I, I'm like, well, it's got some historical importance, but there's no reason anybody should ever right. watch Triumph it again. Triumph of the Will is that in there? Do they go with no? Uh, <laughs> but they do have a collection of of Olympic films. And there is a film called Olympiad, which is basically a companion piece to Triumph of the Will by Lenny Riefenstahl. Um, oh, but, right. That was one of the propaganda films about the German Aryan tri- uh, Olymp- the Olympics. The Olympics, of, right. Yeah, because apparently, well, see, there's this thing that like the Olympics every year commission a film. And they've done this since the beginning. And most of them are kind of just highlight reels. But then some of them are extremely artistic and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, including there's actually one that's that is one of my absolute favorites. Uh, it's called Tokyo Olympiad. This is the oh, that's Tokyo Olympiad. I don't know where's a good place for that. There that's we go. a good place. Yeah. And um, it's a beautiful film. I actually like I, I love to watch this. It's 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 really great. I watched it when the Summer Olympics were coming up this year. Uh, <laughs> I was enjoying it, um, which was also in Tokyo. So, this when year. was it made? 1964. OK, so. It's 1964. It's by Kan Ishikawa, who's an amazing film director. Um, he did some other things like Burmese Harp and Fires on the Plane and some other things. But um, he just made this like very impressionistic documentary, which is is quite great. I uh, I actually like one of my favorite memories about this film is one time I was watching it with the director's commentary. Yeah. And my wife, when we were still kind of early on in dating, she like came over to my apartment and she's like, what are you watching? And I was like, I'm watching this documentary that I really like with the director's commentary. And she's like, you're watching a documentary about a documentary. And I was like, <laughs> I guess so. Yes. <laughs> that is a nesting doll of some, some door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, like, I am talking with uh, Matthew Shadorn. Shadorn? Shadorn. Shadorn. That's it. And it's, if you, he has two podcasts, six months later podcast and St. Misbehaven and also does stand up in the UK. And if you go to qedcomedylab.com, you can find everything uh, for that. Hooray. Great. Um, so, but yeah, like the Criterion Collection is the thing I got into, I guess, kind of or like in around 2000. Okay. Um, 
kind of the when I first got a DVD player, like one of the first DVDs I bought was um, Rushmore, the, oh, West, right. the Wes Anderson film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Criterion puts out all of Wes Anderson films. Oh, they, um, they love Wes Anderson. They love Wes Anderson. They do. And I think that makes them a lot of money, too. They, they, okay. They suffer, you oh, know. there you go. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I, I don't think they mind. I mean, I, I, I enjoy Wes Anderson. I'm, you know, I'm maybe basic in that way, but I do enjoy good Wes Anderson. No, we all have we all have the ones that we love. It's yeah. uh, Did he do the fantastic Mr. Fox? I do. Yeah. He, that was the criterion that, one. That That's one of his, right? Yeah. 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 So Man, that's I think my favorite one of I, I haven't seen all of them. There's uh, gaping holes in my media consumption. And uh, oh. Wes Anderson is not at the center of it. Ch- Charlie no. Chaplin might be. Oh, anyway, yeah. Sure. There's a lot of Chaplin in the in the collection. Okay. Um, a lot of good stuff. But um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't actually know what the Criterion Collection was when I bought it. I just happened to buy the DVD of it. And then uh, I forget how I found out about it. I think a friend was telling me about it. And I was just like, oh, I'll, like that sounds interesting. I'm going to check that out. And then around 2004, I was going through a, I had a bad breakup mm-hmm. and I was like working from home because I was an apartment manager mm-hmm. and I decided that I was going to watch the whole Criterion Collection as it was at that time. Okay. So what I did was this, I lived in Seattle, the Seattle Public Library had most of them available to borrow Yeah. and yeah. I could put up to a hundred things on hold and have up to a hundred things checked out at any time. <laughs> So what I would do is I would put them on, I would go and search their catalog and I put them on hold because some of them were available right away and some of them had long waiting lists. And so sure. every day I'd walk the couple blocks to the library and I'd look at my the whole shelf and see what was there. And sometimes there'd be nothing and sometimes there'd be 10 DVDs. Yeah. And then I would take them home and then I would watch them. And I got to this point where I was watching. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, and like I said, I'm working from home because uh, I'm an apartment manager, so I don't, you know, I don't, you know, do bits of pieces around the, uh, the apartment building and then go back to my house and watch uh, DVDs. And so mm-hmm. I got to the point where I'd accumulated, like it kind of got out of hand and I'd accumulated so many on my floor. I was like, I got to watch three a day to keep up. <laughs> wow. And, and well, go ahead. I was, uh, I was going to say, for, for example, the Tokyo documentary, how long is that? Uh, that is like two and a half hours. Oh my God. So, so these might be an hour and a half long, but they might be two and a half hours long. Yeah. I think the shortest one is actually ironically. Well, the shortest one is, uh, I think a documentary called night and fog, which is a documentary about the Holocaust. And it's about 20 minutes long. Uh, it's, it's really, if you've got 20 minutes, you want to ruin your whole day. It's a great, that's going to, that's that's going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and the longest one, I, as far as I know, they have, as far as I can think of, is they have Shoah, which is also a documentary about the Holocaust that is nine <laughs> hours long. Oh, my God. Uh, so if you wanted to spend a whole day ruining Yeah, day, nine and a half hours, you guys. And so if you just got a Saturday, you just want to decimate um, yeah, Shoah's there yeah. for you. Do you when, um, when you had three a day that you had uh-huh. to be watching, did you did you just from the top, do them numerically, just try to cherry pick between genres. What did you, how did you do it? Well, yeah, I mean, it was like, they came in randomly. So like they would be randomly there. And so I would just kind of like pick whatever. And so if I watched something like very dramatic, I'd maybe like pick like, Oh, here's like a a French comedy from the thirties. Like this is so much better than, you know, the, (laughs) 
<laughs> some sad hog- sack, horrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's the thing is like, this is the thing they don't tell you, Jackie, is that <laughs> world cinema is depressing. <laughs> like world cinema is like, so in America, every movie has a happy ending. Uh, but <laughs> but the rest of the world is is not quite uh, as, uh, as rosy. Right glasses as we are you know there which so is like, one of the oh, reasons why american cinema is so popular yeah exactly because <laughs> you're like oh i would like that to end well thank you yeah the, the bad guy gets punched in the jaw the good guy gets the girl and everybody rides off into the sunset and everybody's happy mm-hmm. yeah uh and but yeah so a lot of them are very hard to watch <laughs> and so and and it got to the point where yeah you're right like it was eating up a lot of time and i'd be like how much left is left in this movie it's like oh well it'd be like you know, like, oh, my God, this movie is beautiful. It's moving me. It's changing how I look at the world. My soul is touched. Like, what are there, like 30 minutes left? Come on. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, I just need this to end. I get it. It's great. Just yes. go already. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so I got to the point where I wasn't, I probably wasn't appreciating them as much as I should have. Um. And then I, I remember very distinctly, like one day after doing this for weeks and weeks and weeks on end, I, I finally hit the wall. And I remember there's this uh, Danish film from, I think, the 30s or 40s called Day of Wrath, which is just about which is about witches being burned at the stake. And it's all a metaphor for like sexual repression. And it was just like just all black and white and bleak and Danish. And I was just like, I'm fucking done. <laughs> done with this. I was like, I was like the kid. I right. like smoked all the cigarettes and I was like, now no more cigarettes. Right, right. You total pass. And um, so I just I the ones I had left on the floor, I just like I I packed up like 20 of them and I was just like, I can't even why. And I took all the ones I had on hold and I just canceled all the holds. And I was just like, I'm, I'm just gonna, okay, this was a fun experiment for a while, but I need to like pace myself better on this. Right. Right. This isn't going to help you get over the breakup. No, uh, <laughs> just one horrible, beautifully shot movie after another. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It, it did. It did really. Yeah. It, uh, it, it was something not to, to think about. Yeah. The breakup. What was the but, Danish one called day of day of wrath. Wrath. Uh, Carl Theodore Dreyer's Day of Wrath. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, it, um, you know, and but as time went on, I I got a little bit of money. Uh, I started buying them for myself, and I built up a little collection. And then I had a friend who I was living in Knoxville, Tennessee, at the time, and I would, actually my house was robbed, and my collection was all stolen. Oh my god, which was a bummer. Yeah, and. Uh, I was telling this to a friend and he's like, Oh, I work at McKay's, the used books. There was like this used bookstore, big warehouse that sold yeah. like books and CDs and movies and everything. He's like, I do the sorting. If you want, I will um, see if I see any, I will put them aside for you and I'll send you a me- And then, you know, and if you want, you can come pick you them up. And I was like, Oh, that's yeah. great. That is and a- then he, wow. he sent, yeah. So he sent me a message a couple of days later. It was like, he got three in and I was like, well, I don't, I have one of these and I don't, and one of these, I don't really like. So, but there's another one that I kind of want. So I, I went in and this is like, you know, to be nice, he was being nice. And then, uh, he, he grabbed it for me and then he like stood in line with me. And I was like, why are you standing in line with me? He's like, I'm gonna give you my discount. And I was like, really? <laughs> and it was like six bucks. Uh, and I was like, oh my God. And then How this much way, do they so, normally cost? Oh, right. So this is another thing I should say. So, uh, DVDs usually cost around $30. Okay. for a normal release. Um, the 
Blu-rays usually cost around $40. Okay. But you can get box sets that are upwards of several hundred dollars. Wow. So it depends. It just depends on what is, is going on. So like I have, like I'll show you this. This is one of my. So got, a $6 Criterion DVD is a deal. Yeah. So yeah. So used, I was totally happy to get, you know, used ones. Sure. And, and this way I got hundreds and because like every time it was like, I was like, yes, I don't care what it is. I'll buy it, whatever. Right. You know, and I bought a bunch. There's still some, I, I, I that was years ago. I still have a bunch. This is, uh, so this is a complete box set of every Zatoichi film. Do you know Zatoichi? I don't know Zatoichi. Zatoichi is a series of Japanese films about a blind samurai. Okay. Uh, blind swordsman. So it has this, this, so, and there were like 27 films in the, uh, in the wow. Zatoichi canon. So it's got this box set that's got all these you yeah. know, DVDs and, and, and Blu-rays in there. And are there, are there extras and essays and interviews and all the, that kind of thing? Yeah. So yeah, every film has, uh, and so it has this booklet that comes with it. Uh, and then every film has a, uh, an essay, oops, there we go. Uh, an essay and an original piece of art from a different artist. Oh, so wow. it has like an essay that tells you about the, just the description of the film, the people behind the scenes stuff. And then just like an original piece of just like beautifully drawn art from Holy like smokes. different graphic designers, comic artists, professional illustrators, just all these different people. It's, it's, it's really quite beautiful. And it's, it's beautiful. And I think this was, I got this as a, as a gift for Christmas from my parents. And I think it was something like $300. How do you spell Zatoichi? Zatoichi? Uh, Z-A-T-O-I-C-H-I. Yeah, if you like samurai movies, and I do. Um. I know, I know, uh, I have, there's, there, there he is. I know several uh, people who do. So, oh, yes. uh, so I'm going to bookmark that and then look at that later, because that's awesome. Yeah, I mean. Are they great? Is, what? Are they great? Have you seen them oh. all? Yeah, they're really fun. I think I've seen them all. They kind of, well, they, they a little run together after a while, but they like, they're very melodramatic. Like Zatoichi rolls into town. He's a wanted outlaw. Everybody underestimates him because he's blind. Uh, somehow he runs afoul of the local Yakuza. There's either a woman or a child in trouble. Sure. <laughs> One or the other. That's yeah, awesome. it's, oh, it's totally, oh, it's totally Western stuff. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. really great. It's very melodramatic. The woman's always like, Zatoichi, I love you. Can I go with you? And he's like, no, I have this wanderer's road. And I can't, you know, <laughs> death follows me everywhere. And yes, I'll never be happy. And it's uh, so great. Lone Wolf. Um, and when are they from? When did they? When did they? The 60s. Okay. I think they were, yeah, they were in, uh, I don't know the exact dates, but they ran somewhere in the 60s. I think right the early on. 70s. Um, but yeah, they're just, I mean, they're just like, they're great fun samurai yeah. film i mean and then there's like there's always like big sword fights there's uh, like zatoichi's also a, a really good gambler so there's always these gambling scenes you know it's it, it is it is very much yeah like all the western tropes right right like he's a max too. max character he's good at everything yeah and, totally. uh, and he's always on the right side of history he's gonna exactly. he's gonna help a child or a, a lady in trouble that's yeah. awesome zatoichi he's a, that's i totally want to watch zatoichi <laughs> Yeah, oh, so much fun. Yeah, you get back to me and what you think about that. Okay, I will. Um, but there's like tons of samurai films in the Criterion Collection. That's the thing is like there's really fun action movies. There's really fun uh, like 
comedies like screwball comedies from the gold. So his girl Friday, uh, Sullivan's okay. travels. Um, it happened one night, like mm-hmm. these kind of like, just like classic Hollywood comedies are, in, are there. All in there too. So yeah. do they do interviews with the, with the original cast or, and, I mean, everybody's dead, right. On some of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes they'll have like, um, I don't know, like if archival somebody stuff or yeah, archival stuff. Um, I'm trying to think what I saw the other day that had, um, I don't know, like they'll have like, you know, somebody was on the Dick Cavett show yeah. in the seventies and they'll dig that up, you know? Um, oh, I remember was, I was watching Paris is burning, you know, the documentary Paris is burning. Nope. Um, it's, oh my God. It's an amazing documentary about the, uh, drag scene in the late eighties, early nineties in New York. Wow. So it's basically like this, the drag, the ballroom scene, I should say. Okay. Um, so it is, it's basically like you watch it and you're like, oh my God, this is all of popular culture for the last 10 years. Now, this is, this is the origin of it. It's like the idea wow. of like drag and voguing and, uh, just early kind of you know, people like, just did living. you see RuPaul being invented in front of your eyes? <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're like, man, RuPaul's all these people a check. You know, it's like, <laughs> but um, but it was really funny because there was so this came out in 1989, and I'd completely forgotten that Joan Rivers used to have a talk show, and yeah. so she has on the director and a bunch of the people who are in this documentary who are really big deals in the ballroom scene of. of right. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, so it's just an old episode of the Joan Rivers show. And I was right. just like, wow, oh, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's crazy. So stuff like that is, is just great. Like they'll, they'll throw in stuff, but yeah, they'll have interviews with, um, people who are, um, uh, oh, actually one of the great ones is, uh, this is a, a film called Desert Hearts. Um, okay. so one of the things I was saying about the Criterion Collection is they have these, a lot of times they'll have sales throughout the year where things are half off. And, um, what I'll do is when they have these half off sales, I'll often buy something I know nothing about just based on their recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so one of them that I got was this movie called desert hearts, which is an amazing, uh, early piece of queer cinema from the eighties. And, uh, one of the special features in here is the, um, is the, is, uh, Jane Lynch, you know, the actress okay. Jane Lynch yeah. is her, it's just like, this is her favorite film. And she said she used to watch it all the time. It's it's an interview with her and the director. Like she's interviewing the director. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Very fascinating. Yeah, that is fascinating. Yeah. So it's just like and just you know little things like that are, are really fun. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and um, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. So anyway, so it, I've gotten about four hundred. I'll show you some of the some. Of, so I was saying, where do you keep them? Oh, what's happening? Um, <laughs> so I, they're all different sizes too. From the look of it, everyone you've shown me has sort of been either a different thickness or a different height. Right. They're wow. usually, so they're fairly standard, you know, Blu-ray or DVD boxes. Okay. There are uh, some exceptions. The Zadoichi box set is as beautiful as it is. It is annoyingly sized. Yes. Uh, in addition to that one, there's not a ton that I have that are bad like that. I have okay. this one, which is a Guillermo del Toro trilogy. Oh, wow. It's, it's uh, Kronos, The Devil's Backbone, and Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. Which are three yeah. phenomenal films from him. I this think is, I've only seen um, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, you should definitely see Devil's Backbone, at least. Okay. I think that's a, that's a masterpiece, too. But it's like this. It folds out. Oh, uh, oh like my this. God. 
but there's this, and in the center is this huge book with like original sketches and essays and all this information about the films. And so, yeah, that's, that's really great, but it's also awkwardly sized to put on a shelf yes. with all the DVDs. Um, and then the, the greatest example of this, and one of my favorite things is criterion number 1000, which as the numbers ticked up and we got closer to 1000, I was like, man, I wonder what they're going to do for number 1000. I'm so excited <laughs> by this. And what they did is they made this. This is a box set of all the Godzilla films from from what's called the Showa era films from 1954 to 1975. Okay. And they made this. I don't know if you can see how big this is. It's It's huge. It's 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 like 11 by 17. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's poster size. It's like, so this doesn't fit on any shelf I own. I actually had to build like a special... Um, it, it needs the, its own shadow box and a little diorama with action figures. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great. It's I, well, what it is is I have a little shelf that it sits on. So it just sits displayed like this against the wall. Like it is a poster. Oh yeah. Um, but then you open it up and again, it's that same thing where it's like, it's got an essay and an original piece of art for everyone. Oh giant. wow. Yeah. Son of Godzilla. I mean, it's beautiful. And then, yeah, all the, how many movies are in that? Uh, it is 17 films, I think. What? Yeah. It's uh, 15 films. 15 films. How 15 many is films. Godzilla the Hero? Yeah. Godzilla, Godzilla Raids Again, Godzilla versus Kong, Godzilla versus Ghidra. You know, it's Destroy All Monsters. <laughs> and it, and it, is it all the Japanese versions? Yeah, yeah. So the original Japanese versions. Um, I kind of wish more of them. There were, there's a handful of dubbed versions in there. Yeah. I kind of wish there was a dubbed version for all of them because I kind of love that. And also because I kind of want to show them to my son and he, right. you know, when he's younger, but like not to wait till he can read. He's a baby, right? Yeah, he's a well, you know, he's a baby. Okay. But, but eventually you know, when, he's, when he's older, I think as a little kid, they'd be fun to watch. But it's actually like I have this to tell you. Okay, let me just tell you about uh, children and um, and monster and adventure things. They're willing uh-huh. to read. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> because I babysat for this kid when he was like six or seven, and he loved all of the Dragon Ball Zs. And oh, I yeah. found him bootlegs of Dragon Ball Zs, but they weren't dubbed. They were subtitled. Oh. And he hated reading until he started watching the VHSs I would get him. Oh, really? Knock off comic book store here in los angeles that's hilarious when when i gave him the cds uh the vhs's i was like i'm so sorry that these aren't dubbed and he wrote me a thank you note his mother of course uh but he wrote me a thank you note and he said i don't care they're so cool so know in your heart that it could it could encourage your child to read more oh wow well it's good to know yeah that's yeah because i mean my kid's probably gonna watch a lot of you can't call you can't call it yeah (laughs) <laughs> but um it's funny because so you're asked where they where i keep them we used to have a, a small room uh that was like not quite big enough for a bedroom and we, i was like okay let's make this into like a home theater room so it basically fit a couch and then on the opposite wall we could put a tv and then at the top of the room i put shelves that basically lined every wall right and they were sitting up there uh then when we had a baby right <laughs> That had to become the nursery, right? Yeah, the so baby actually, needed a place to sleep. The baby suddenly needs a place to sleep, the little jerk. And yeah, and so 
that that but I the DVDs are still in there. So every night the baby's in the room with the, <laughs> the DVDs. baby's surrounded by the finest cinema, by the finest class. of all cinema. Yes, and and actually it's funny because this. Uh, you know, like I said, this sits on a little shelf. It just mm-hmm. sits above his crib. So if you look at his room, there's just my baby and then a giant picture of Godzilla. <laughs> just Well, some people like a stuffed animal. Other people like uh, an artistic, uh, artistically drawn Godzilla. Yeah. But I mean, th- yeah. So these are, I mean, they, they do these beautiful things with them. There's, um, I'll show you this. Oh, this, this might interest you. You know, the Princess Bride? Yeah. So they put out a copy and they made it look like a kid's storybook. Oh, wow. That's gorgeous. Isn't that great? Yeah, it's really nice. It's a really yeah. nice edition. It's got tons of like, again, it's got tons of special features, interviews. Did with you the ever cast. read the book? The Princess I haven't Bride actually read the book. I keep meaning to get on that. Is it's it good? It's easy read. It's very different from the movie. So the movie. I've heard that. Yeah. The movie is wonderful. The book is wonderful. But um yeah, it's it's a very different experience. So there's no there's no need to read it. But if you were to want to, it's not a bad book. It's nice. Yeah, check that out. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. There's uh, oh, this is really fun. So this is um, Fantastic Journeys of Carl Zellman, and this is one of the ones I bought kind of sight unseen on the last sale, uh, just because it, the clips it, they showed the sounded really great. Cool. It's really cool. And so one of the things that I love about so what this is is this is he was a Czech filmmaker okay. um, in the 60s, 50s and no, 50s and 60s. And these are children's films he made from Czechoslovakia. So one is oh. uh, some kids go to like Land of the Lost thing. They go to a valley where there's dinosaurs. Uh, one is The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. And one is basically a Jules Verne ripoff. Okay. Uh, so it's just like kind of like, or it's like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but legally distinct. But uh, it, the thing about it's called Invention for Destruction. And the thing is, it just, it looks amazing because it looks like a kid's storybook. Yeah. Like somehow, like it visually looks unlike anything I've ever seen. The shooting, ever. The, the, the filming of it. The it, filming of it. It like, it so looks unique. like, it, it looks like line drawing. So, but they built this and it's a pop-up book. So the packaging is an actual what? pop-up book. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> really great. So this is great. The Baron Munchausen on the, <laughs> cannonball just flying through the air. Oh, that's so cool! Book. It's beautiful. It's I mean, just the packaging on these are just are just stunning, and and, mm-hmm. and they put so much work into them. Uh, that you have to really appreciate that, and that's part of. I mean, that's part of the beauty of them. You can put them on your shelf, and they just they look great. Um, right, and then yeah, and then inside is a beautiful adventure, and well, often, a- sometimes kind of horrible. There's <laughs> there's some I don't like. Uh, that you know. Anyways, did you do you know. keep them anyway? Just because oh yeah, numerology. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just trying to complete, complete a collection. I <laughs> see <laughs> <laughs> so you have four hundred out of a thousand. Yeah. Um, do you do you? I mean, there is there's a part of all of us that is a completist, right? And you know, people listen to the Dork Forest and they're like, well, there's eight hundred and fifty episodes. I I have to listen to all of them, and I'm like, no. No, you don't. No, you don't. Feel free. Here's a here's a fan favorite cheat sheet of the last 10 years. Um, This is the 16th year. So I wouldn't. The first three years were were essentially me, you know, on the phone. It's like a cold. It's it's a conference call. So, you know, I, I I essentially went through the first three years and found 17 of them that the guests were good enough. 
okay. that uh, I I posted those on Bandcamp for free mm-hmm. in a way to so people could listen to them. But that's still me cherry picking. I digress. A okay. uh, little ad for the Dork Forest in the middle of the Dork Forest. There, Rangers, live it up. Okay, uh, but the the um, do you want them all? Yeah, I kind of want them all. I do. <laughs> Even the ones that I like, there there are movies in there that I like. <laughs> so there, um, there's a movie called uh, Solo or 120 Days of Solemn. Sodom, okay. rather. 120 Days of Sodom. Sodom? Which is, Sodom and Gomorrah? Uh, yeah. It's a Pierre Pasolini film. It is a uh, kind of this crazy anti-fascist film that okay. is horrifying. Uh, it's really hard to watch. um there's a lot of violence towards children there's like um uh, horrible sexual violence there's uh just a lot of poop um (laughs) (laughs) and it's beautifully shot and it's like but it's like a piece of cinema that like people like well this is an important piece and i was like i can see this i guess i don't want to watch it again i was like that's a real one and done for me i'm like Uh, okay do you own that one i do yeah, because yeah. it's one so, and done. But it, it always confuses me. Like, I always wonder who who bought Schindler's List. Right. You know, because it's not a Sunday afternoon rewatch by any I chance. Mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's I own. A, that's a happy ending. That's a guy yeah. who saved hundreds of people's lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty good. But I mean, like, you know, I have Shoah and like, that's a thing that's just like, yeah, that's uh that's that's not like I'm gonna just gonna ah oh, it's what I got a Sunday afternoon just gonna pop on Showa like like I mean it's What's an important the, what are the extras on Showa I don't I know actually probably just more sad interviews just just oh that is so brutal it was yeah. you know why uh, my junior high social studies teacher um, uh-huh. the heck was his name well. He's no doubt passed away, but uh, he was uh, in World War II. He was in the tank division that rolled into Auschwitz and liberated Auschwitz. Oh, yeah. And so every year he made the ninth graders watch the Nuremberg trials, which has footage Mm -hmm. of the liberation of he's not in it. He's like, I'm not in this. I'm not making you watch this. Because I, that's my tank. I'm making you watch this. <laughs> not like a, I had wait, let me pause it. it here. There's me waving. <laughs> There's Isn't that me exciting? Anyways, we don't have to watch my own <laughs> in my uniform. Uh, but he was like, I had to live through this, and uh, everyone should. This should never happen again. And yeah. so it was. You you could get out of watching it. He was like, I just need you to you know have your parents just send give me a note. And so yeah. the only people that were, there was one kid, uh, I lived in a very, very non-Jewish small factory town. And it was mm. uh, the, uh, the one of the Jewish kids that I, that was in my class. Um, she got it, she, she got it uh, a note to, so she didn't, she was like, guess what? I've seen it. Uh, yeah. My parents have been showing me this shit since I was a kid. I totally agree. Everyone else should have to see this. Uh, I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot in the collection that I've watched once, and I'm like, good. Like mm-hmm, there's some mm-hmm. there's some hard things to watch in there. Are um, there ones there once- you wa- rewatch a fair about? 
Oh yeah, there are ones I watch all the time. I watch a lot of the Kurosawa stuff again. The, okay. Um, it's just fun. It's just, I mean, especially the, uh, the I should say the fun. I should say the samurai ones are really fun. Uh, Yojimbo, Sanjiro, Seven Samurai. Um, I watch those. Is there any Jackie Chan? There is the Police Story one and two. I have yeah, that. Yeah. That was a nice little box set. How about animation? They yeah, there's a handful of animation. There's Fantastic Planet, which is a weird. I don't know if you've ever seen Fantastic Planet. It's like the '70s animation film. It's almost totally silent um, about people who live on a fantastic planet that where they're basically humans are kept as pets. Oh, okay. Um, there, it might be that just that one. I feel like there's just, there's another one or two that they've added since then. But Fantastic Planet was the first one that they added. Um, okay. So there's there's some in there. Yeah, I think. You know, I don't, you can kind of, you can, you can see the taste. Like I said, I don't know who makes these decisions, but you can kind of see the tastes of the people who do yeah, things. This is a real glimpse into whoever this committee is. I yeah. kind of am Rangers. Uh, people might know people listen to this show have, a, you know, this might be someone else's dorkdom and they might know who they, who gets to pick. Yeah. But I mean, it's, um, yeah, it, it and I, you know, I, for the most part, I think the picks are, are very interesting and very fun. And, uh, and again, they've, they've picked a ton of stuff that I've never, that I never would have found otherwise. Right. But, you know, they, I bought they, a boxed set of movies, not Criterion Collection, but they were all, they were like sort of pulpy. Uh, they were 70s um, straight to VHS movies. Oh, yeah. And there was a bunch of them. And it was the only way that I could get a movie called Van Nuys Boulevard. And I lived okay. right off of Van Nuys Boulevard, <laughs> oh. which I guess was a big cruising strip in the 70s. Oh, okay. Where, you know, high school kids would cruise up and down and, you know, you'd go get sodas and um, and talk about the Vietnam War, whatever. But, uh, but the movie mm-hmm. itself, Van Nuys Boulevard. Uh, there's a five minute trailer on YouTube that I would actually recommend watching instead of watching the movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, because it's, you get it. Uh, it's uh, there's a, there's a crooked cop. There's a, there's a statutory rape scene. There's Ew. all kinds of problems with the movie, but um, the cop gets his comeuppance at the end. You know, that's what I'm looking for. And, uh, but, it, but I think it went straight to VHS. And for some reason I got, it was like, it was easily nine, eight or nine movies for $5 off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if there's any movies like that. Yeah. So there's like, there's movies that are like cult films. So, um, okay. A classic. Well, I mean, so there's Repo Man, which is a classic punk rock. Sure. Not, um, I no, also you got to live by a code, man. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love this art. I think this cover art is really amazing. That really is fun. amazing. I, I can see how beautiful this it's is. A mohawk it's, on a skull and it's outstanding. And it's, uh, the, it's also like this. Watch this. It's a map of L.A. as well. It's 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 just really. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's great. They have like. um Cat People, which is an old um, horror movie from the 50s. Um, okay. They have things like Eating Raul, which is a movie from the 70s about people eating hippies. <laughs> right. right. Uh, Cannibalism, this is, if I remember correctly. This is a great Night of the Living Dead edition. Oh, wow. Uh, 
I love this. This is so good. How does that open uh, up? What's that look like inside? Uh, so yeah, some of them are normal plastic. So this is like a slipcase, and then you open it up, and there's this more great more zombies. Out. Zombies. Oh, a, yeah. And then what is this? Oh, this is so the essay comes in a pamphlet that folds out to a poster of Barbara. Or this is oh no, this is actually the zombie daughter oh, in the, the basement. <laughs> but and then on the back is like the essay is just written there. And who writes? Is it just guest essays? Yeah, they'll find like amazing film critics. So this is a film critic named Stuart or or like historians or something. This is a guy named Stuart Clonins. Uh, he's a film critic for the nation. Oh, wow. Uh, for the That's magazine, amazing. The not, not for the, he's like, the, he's the national film critic. Um, no, he's a oh, film critic. The, for the, the magazine, the nation. Magazine, magazine, the nation. Yes. <laughs> but like, yeah, they have, uh, things like Carnival of Souls, which is a, a weird old, uh, sci-fi movie. This, this weird one called I, Equinox. I think all, I see why you want to get them all just to see the art and to read the oh, essays yeah. and to see what they've done with the film. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the, the, I mean, the packaging is, is part of, is a huge part of it. Like they've just put so much effort into making these really beautiful objects. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's great. I mean, that's definitely a big part of it. I think, I mean, the film itself, which is why you're like, well, it, even if I only watch this movie once, look how cool this box is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of the thing. And they've gotten much better at it over the years. Like some of the original ones felt very utilitarian. Maybe it's like, here's just kind of an image from the film on the cover. or Here's like maybe the old poster, the original poster or something like that. And now they're like, we're commissioning like all these different artists, graphic designers. Uh, I have this great, oh, where is it? Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, you know, Paul Pope, the, uh, the cartoonist, Paul Pope, I don't, this is, I, he's, I'm a big fan of his seven and, and I love Lone Wolf and Cub. Okay. Uh, and so this is kind of a great confluence of the two things. It's just like a beautiful, like original art from Paul Pope. Right. Right. Um, is that or like, uh, live action or is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Lone Wolf and Cub, you know, it's long running manga, but then they did like five live action films in Japan. Okay. Um, so yeah. And those are kind of fun. They're just like, they're like grindhouse bloody um uh samurai action you know okay yeah yeah um but there's like uh and and there's a lot of that there's like some really great kung fu movies uh in the mix there's some great you know and again samurai there's a number of really fun westerns so there's a lot of genre stuff in there yeah i was gonna uh, but just like just the high quality like just really high quality stuff right is there any miyazaki yeah. Did you find no, Miyazaki? Miyazaki. Yeah, no, I think because I think Disney owns all that Miyazaki stuff now. Oh, and like, right. there's no Disney in there. Uh, there's another. I want to say it might be Universal, or there's another company that like they just they just don't work with them. Um, or Is there stuff they, that you're you're looking for that you're we're getting close on the hour here, by the way, uh, Matthew okay. Sharp, though. Uh, very sorry. <laughs> and it's OK. Is there stuff that you're that that you're sort of that you would love to see them do? There's a handful of films I think I, I'd like for them to to do um, get get the criterion treatment. But I'm kind of happy for them to just kind of guide this ship and kind of just see where it goes, because that's awesome. I mean, their, you know, their width and breadth of information and knowledge is so much greater than mine as far as the movies goes. And I've, I've, again, I've really enjoyed discovering some of the things that that I found. So, 
Is there um, anything that you can do with it? All the information, like you, you say that it's sort of like a, a class, like a movie making class. No, I just, I mean, I just like movies. I don't make movies. Um, right, right, I yeah. I might love to make a movie. I don't know, but like I, um, I'm not really pursuing that at all. Uh, just, a, I'm just a comedian and a podcast. Right, but that, but that's one of the things they say about the Criterion Collection is that it's some sort of yeah. instructional thing in a in a collection. Yeah. I mean, it is like, it's film, film school in a box. It's like, That's so it. they're basically showing you like, this is, this is an amazing cross section of like, here are some of the greatest directors, some of the greatest actors, some of the greatest screenwriters, uh, some people with huge budgets who did amazing things. Some people with no budget who did amazing things like, and uh, you know, like people who were people who came, you know, were in Hollywood or people who mm-hmm. were in like Senegal are making movies, right. you know, that people are making movies all over the place, all over the world. And you're seeing um, just different things from different people. I mean, the only thing that I could possibly do with my fandom is, and I would, if anybody from Criterion actually hears this, I would love it, but <laughs> they do this thing where they have these videos where people can go to the closet in their offices. Yeah. It has all the movies in it. And they just kind of pick out movies that are their favorites. And they make these videos about why they love them and stuff. And I, my, my goal is to become famous enough that I can maybe one day do one of those closet videos. Sure. That essentially you'd be, been asked to do sort of a very specific dork forest in a closet about your collection by the people who made the thing that your, your dorkdom is. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of awesome. But yeah, so hopefully that would love to do that. I have a lot of criterion jokes that would work nowhere except for in that format so. <laughs> <laughs> right if they also uh have a holiday party and they would like to book uh matthew uh Shadorn to do their holiday party you have you have specific material i will f- i will fly there yeah <laughs> yeah uh but yeah so yeah and and so yeah i, I you know i just i love it i really enjoy watching them i don't know what, uh, yeah this I is fat this is fascinating Oh yeah, this it's great. Um, I'm glad you've enjoyed this. I've, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I hope I hope it wasn't too. Uh... Oh, it's never too. Yeah, you're great. <laughs> you're doing it. You're nailing it. Oh, so, thanks. I just want to say it has been an hour though, Matthew Chardon, and uh, everyone should find Matthew Chardon and listen to his two podcasts. Six months later, I did it. Many people yeah. have done it. You can start with Jackie Cation's episode. There's uh, right. It's very fun. Sure. And, and then uh, and then Saint Misbehaven is about uh, obscure stories of saints and, and, yeah. and their jam and their weird tales. And, and they're all on Apple podcasts and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find them there. OK, um, look them and up. And is your stand up uh, schedule on QED Comedy Lab dot com as well? Yeah, as as much stand up as I'm doing right now, it's there. So right. uh, <laughs> we're in lockdown. And uh, yeah. And uh, but yeah, and if you're in the UK, come and see me. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> come and say thank hi. You, thank you so much for doing the show. Oh no, thank you for having me, Jackie. I've really been looking forward to this. Awesome. And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?